0: How are you now? How are you now? How are the Habs now? Well, how are the Habs now? Your Montreal Canadiens are one win away from a berth in the Stanley Cup semi-finals. Did anybody think in their wildest dreams, after the halfway point, or really any point in the regular season other than the first 10 games, that this was even remotely possible? Obviously they did. Obviously they believed in themselves, because 5-1... They take Game 3 and now they have a chance tomorrow night to wrap this thing up and send themselves to the semis. Welcome to Episode 10 of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and the Montreal Canadiens sure found their offense after a largely boring Game 2 where they got one goal and they kind of just held on for the entire game. They managed to put up a 5 spot on the Jets... And absolutely dominate them. Completely dominate them once again like they did in Game 1. From pillar to post, absolute domination by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, What a game. What a game. They started out with an excellent first period. Looking like a better team right out the gate. Um, And of course, the old guy line of Eric Stahl and Corey Perry. Featuring a not-so-old Joel Armia. They get the halves on the board. Philippe Dano forces a turnover like right before he went off at the end of a shift and the old guys go into the jet zone and just keep the puck there for as long as they possibly can. Perry playing pitch and catch with Eric Stahl a little bit ends up walking out from behind the net and just kind of throws one towards the net and it, it goes in far side. I mean Hellebuck is completely unready to cover that side of the net. It looked like it got tipped a little bit but that's Corey Perry's bread and butter in these playoffs man is getting those greasy goals down around the net and you need those. You absolutely need those. It gets the Habs on the board, uh, gets them a little bit more momentum, so for the rest of the period, they look like the far better team. The far better team. Unfortunately, they can't really generate anything else in terms of offense, but we get to the end of the first period with a one-goal lead, going into the second, which has now become an apparent source of strength for the Habs. second period is considerably less intimidating with that long change than it was uh, for the first bid against Toronto uh, until they made their comeback, and once again, the second period ends up building on the lead that they had. Uh, started out with Arturi Lekkanen getting a garbage goal, a greasy one, in front of the net. Bunch of wax at the puck. Pucks bouncing around. He manages to put it past Hellebuck. But it must be said that was at the end of a very good shift for that line. He's been a super welcome addition to the line with Philippe Dano and Brendan Gallagher uh, in the absence of Jake Evans, who was there before. And uh, finally, he gets rewarded for some of his good work. I mean, very good defensively, and he's always had a bit of just horrible luck hitting posts, barely missing the net. And he he gets a little bit of puck luck for once. Well-deserved. Great shift. Garbage goal, but again, you need garbage goals in the playoffs. Uh, Later in the period, the Habs take a penalty. And I've been saying this over and over again. The one thing you don't want to do is give the Jets power play opportunities because their power play has looked very dangerous. And what happens? Well... Jets get set up a little bit, but the puck goes the other way. Yoel Armia gets in in a two-on-one, and rather than making a pass, he toe-drags himself into the middle and just fires it past Hellebuck. 3-0 Habs. Commanding 3-0 lead, even though they gave the Jets one of those opportunities that I've been saying you want to avoid at all costs. Adam Lowry got one back for the Jets uh, pretty late in the period, so it ended 3-1 after 2, but... The fact that they were able to build on their lead in that period is what was key. That period's been a backbreaker for them at times in the playoffs, and that they go in one nothing and come out 3-1, you had to feel good about that. Definitely, it's precisely where they wanted to be going into the third period. I didn't love the way they came out in the third, however. They came out in the third looking like they were almost willing to go into a shell and just try to hold on to that two-goal lead. The most dangerous lead in all of hockey. The two goal lead. And they, you know, it's not like they completely went into their shell and they were just letting the Jets have their way with them or anything, but definitely didn't have their foot on the gas trying to get the puck into the other end, uh, cycle it around, and really kill the game by generating offense, right? The best defense you can play is 200 feet away from your own net, and the Habs seemed like they weren't necessarily buying into that mentality. Um, but. Some good saves by Carey Price, uh, some key clears, and definitely uh, a good overall first half of the period helped him out. No score. Until Shea Weber gets high-sticked. Habs get a power play of their own. Cole Caulfield, who has finally been shooting the puck like crazy, and I thought he would shoot in this situation even from a bad angle, kind of walks it out from the corner and fires a beautiful pass Directly to Nick Suzuki, who literally just has to keep his stick on the ice and get the goal. Uh, excellent power play goal. Huge for the Habs because it puts them up 4-1. And that's how it would have ended if not for the fact that uh, the Jets pulled their goalie and Joel Armia got his second of the night uh, to make the final score 5-1 Habs. I mean, the, the Jets just couldn't get anything done at the Habs' end of the ice outside of that one goal that they got from Adam Lowry. Uh, not for lack of trying. I mean, Carey Price played well. Sportsnet tried to give him one at one point when it was 3-1. Three, uh, three uh, I think Kyle Connor took a shot. Carey Price stopped it and froze it. But Sportsnet, wishful thinking, I guess, put up a graphic saying that they scored and changed the score to 3-2, even though Kyle Connor was skating away, you know, looking up at the rafters because he just got robbed by Carey Price. Uh, well, we you know, Sportsnet, they cheered for Toronto. They're probably cheering for Winnipeg too. But, you know, can't always get what you want doesn't matter what graphics he put up if the puck didn't actually go into the net it doesn't count and it didn't and the jets didn't score anymore and that was the story of the game has played great defense and this time they found plenty of offense five goals to make sure that the jets couldn't come back and now one more game like that and they'll move on to the next round they'll move on to the next round and there's definitely a couple things to be concerned about i mean not leastly the fact that they came out a little bit flat in the third and looked like they were going into a shell. More importantly, Jeff Petrie left the game. Uh, Sportsnet seemed to zero in on a time that he got his hand caught in the camera hole in the glass as what might have gotten him hurt. So definitely eyes peeled for any injury updates because he left the game, didn't come back for the third. And that's a pretty big loss for the Montreal Canadiens if he can't go tomorrow night. Luckily, they do have, uh, you know, some people on the shelf right now that they could use in that spot, but it's it's a big loss for the Habs. It's a big loss, and uh, hopefully it's not anything that's going to keep him out long-term, because he's quite important to that blue line. Another concern, and this is not something I want to spend too much time on, but the Jets were getting a little bit chippy towards the end of that game. Uh, once again, you know, when they found themselves in a position where it was quite clear that they were going to lose, it was like they were willing to take a few liberties, and I think that's going to be one of the goals for the Abs is trying to make sure that if they can win uh, tomorrow night, that they get out of that game hole as well, that we don't lose anybody else uh, to injury. And, you know, hopefully the refs notice that as well and they're going to take care of that. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just hope it doesn't come to that in tomorrow's game. And speaking of that, I hope that the Montreal Canadiens are not already thinking about the next round. I hope they're not. Because if there's any lessons they should have learned in these playoffs already, they should have learned one from themselves, that it is not over until it's over. They showed that to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they should learn from themselves and not treat this thing like it's over, because it isn't. If the Jets get one one game tomorrow in Montreal, you, you never know. There's the possibility. They have a lot of talent. They could come back. So you want to make sure that you come out guns blazing and just try to put this thing away tomorrow night on home ice in front of those 2,500 fans. I think it's okay for me, since I don't play for the team, to think about the next round a little bit, not going to lie. I do have the Vegas-Colorado game on my TV right now, and Vegas just scored to take a 2-1 lead, so if that holds up, uh, that series is going to 2-2, and they're evenly matched. They might go to seven games, and the Habs are going to have a tough time with either of those two teams, but... You know, again, as long as the team keeps their head about them and they focus on tomorrow night's game and they take that home, you know, I, I, I like their chances against anybody when Kerry Price is playing at his best, which he is. Which he is. And now apparently they're getting him run support too. So if if Carey Price keeps playing the way he is and they're also getting him the run support that he needs, they, they can beat most teams in the NHL in a seven-game series. They can. I'll tell you, I, I believe that a lot more now than I would have if you told me that. If I tried to say that same thing before witnessing the, the Leaf series, I would have had a hard time believing it myself. But I gotta say it again. I mean, there's there's a little bit of 1993 to this team. I think there is. I was talking to my dad on the phone after the game, and he said he felt like uh, he felt like this team reminded him a little bit more of the '86 team. You know, kind of had no business getting where they got, but their goaltender took them there. For, for me, I mean th- there is an aspect of that because there were some games against the Leafs where Carry Price really stood on his head, but at the same time, this team up front is is I think if you I look back at '86, I think this team would be better on paper up front, and they're putting up goals too let's it, like five goals against the Jets like they're actually getting some scoring to help their goaltender out. Carry Price was good in game three. he was good, he was very good, but he didn't have to be spectacular. They were blocking a lot of shots. They were clogging up lanes. They didn't give the Jets anything. The one goal they scored was uh, was a great pass across, and Price almost made a spectacular save on that one, on the Adam Lowry goal. He got across. His blocker, if it was a couple of inches higher, he would have stopped that. I mean, he's playing perfectly, but the Habs are also playing away defensively that you know his job's being made a little bit easier, and he might have to make a couple of spectacular saves on any given night, but it's not like he has to make... Uh, you know, 45 saves, 50 saves in a game for them to get a win. They're actually getting him goals. They're getting him goals. Uh, n- not so much in game two, but, you know, they're other than that, they're, they're getting him goals. Which brings me to, uh, you know, player of the game honors. Uh, big shout out to Yoel Armia. I want to give it to him, and he deserves it, but I'm giving it to Corey Perry. I haven't given it to him yet in these playoffs, and I feel like I have to do it at least once because this guy just finds a way to score huge goals in the playoffs getting some greasy ones but huge goals and the fact that he's doing it on such a tiny salary for a guy who used to be one of the highest played players in the league like it's amazing and I gotta say while I'm at it you know shout out to Dominique Ducharme for trusting him keeping him in the lineup when a lot of people thought that he should have changed the lineup maybe taking him taking Eric Stahl out Corey Perry and Eric Stahl have been two of the best players for the Habs in the playoffs two of the best they're providing secondary scoring on a fourth line that's very difficult to contend with very heavy you know they get in on the forecheck and they can hem you in your uh, in your own zone and keep you there for a while that's what they did that's how they scored and that's how they've been scoring is just getting to the front of the net and just pissing off the other team I mean I, I can't say enough about it can't say enough about it so I, I, I give my player of the game to Corey Perry for the way he's played but again Huge shout-out to Yoel Armia. I mean, that was a big, shorthanded goal that he scored. Beautiful toe drag, nice shot. And then he gets the empty netter to boot, too. I mean, can't ask him for more. Can't possibly ask them for any more. And I'm going to end the episode on this one final thought. This win marked six straight for the Habs in the postseason, which is the first time they've had a six-game winning streak all year and the first time they've had a six-game winning streak in the playoffs since 1993. And I know I keep drawing comparisons to the 93 team, which is probably dangerous for my own mental health when it comes to expectations with this team. But this is significant. This is huge. This team is clearly better than we thought they were, at least in the north. At least in the north, they're higher up in the pecking order than anybody thought they were. So, I mean, (laughs) you got to like their chances. If they move on, you got to like their chances. They're doing things that they haven't done since the last time that they won the Cup. And honestly, it's it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a ride. I'm not ready for it to end. All I want is for them to go in tomorrow night and just put their foot on the gas, take this series, and then let's find out. Let, let's, let's put them up against one of these two teams in Vegas and Colorado that look unbeatable and find out, can they beat them? Nobody's going to expect it, but... I don't think anybody really expected them to get to where they are right now, so it's going to be another hell of a ride to find out. Today's episode running, uh, well, close to 15 minutes, so a gros soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, We are on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Play, and Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a line, you know, maybe you're as excited about that game as I am. Maybe, like me, you believe that this team could pull something off similar to 1993 and uh, at the end of the day, we're all here just to find out if that's going to be the case. So uh, that's it. And we'll see you again tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. The Habs are going to be going for the sweep. Uh, so it'll be a short one, but à la peixe.